T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. It's the best of the Joe Show, where we run back some of the best audio you've heard on this radio station over the past 24 hours. Hi, I'm Dan Day, and I did a bad job shaving this morning. I just thought I'd share that with you. I missed a spot right above my lip. It looks like, uh, well, we're not going to get into that. No selfies, no pictures online, at least for me today. Of course, in just a couple of minutes, we're going to get into the best of the Joe Rose Show, which you can hear mornings here on 560 The Joe, then do some Dan Lebitard that you can hear in the middays, then some Steve a. Smith that you can hear afternoons before Hawkman and Crowder go on from 3 to 6. Of course, later tonight it is the dress rehearsal preseason game 3, Dolphins Jaguars on this very radio station, but right now, let's get into the headlines. Although reticent to name who will start at quarterback on week one, Coach Brian Flores leads the Dolphins into their third preseason game tonight against the Jaguars. Kickoff is at 8, and you can listen to it right here on 560 The Joe WQAM. The Marlins ace Caleb Smith went 2-for-2 at the plate last night, but also gave up two home runs and a 5-0 loss to the Braves. The Fish have dropped five in a row, and Atlanta goes for the sweep tonight at 7-20. ESPN has named their all-time ACC football team. The lone cane making the first team is tight end Greg Olson. But remember, Miami did not join the conference until 2004. Team USA defeated Australia yesterday 105-86 in a World Cup basketball game warm-up. Kimball Walker led the team with 23 points. The two play again in Australia Saturday. Carousel, South Korea, Little League World Series. It's happening right now. No score as of yet, although I am pulling, of course, for Calrissal. They're kind of one of my adopted countries. Speaking of that, let's adopt some day spa. (sighs) A man in New York City was recently killed when an elevator dropped, crushing and killing him between the shaft and the wall. Just another reason why I never try to use elevators. I am definitely afraid of those things. Ugh, good reasons. A woman recently caught a rare two-mouthed trout in New York. Hmm, there's a joke in there somewhere about fishermen alone at sea with a two-mouth trout, but I just can't seem to get it. And finally, Miami tops the list when it comes to the number of sugar daddies and mamas with over 1,300. The downtown and South Beach areas lead the way. Now on to weather, brought to you by Hylia Park. Today's forecast calls for partly cloudy skies with temperatures in the mid-80s. For the best poker promotions in South Florida, visit Hylia Park Poker Room. Come win your share of $350,000 in monthly high-hand giveaways. That's more than $10,000 a day in high hands. Why play anywhere else? Visit HyliaPark.com for more info. Joe Rose Show, always getting you going in the morning better than a cup of Joe. Earlier today, they talked with former Miami coach and currently working for the ACC Network, getting ready for the big game this coming Saturday between Miami and Florida. Mark Richt, he was talking about what to look out for when Jaron Williams takes the field and also the battle in the trenches. Former head coach of the Miami Hurricanes and now on the ACC Network, which debuts tonight, by the way, at 7 o'clock, the launch tonight for ACC Network. Mark Rick joins us this morning. Mark, how are you, buddy? I'm doing well. I'm in Bristol right now, getting excited about the launch. 
and I appreciate you bringing that up. No, listen, that uh, we got to get it down here somehow, Mark. We're going to have to get some of your magic okay. down here and make sure everybody can get it. want to ask you, uh, you know Jaron Williams as well as anybody recruiting him. Right. What do you think about for his first game and, and from the guy you saw when he first got here early and went right. through spring football, what do you think about his chances in his first game? Well, I think the big thing is when he showed up, he could hit his target. Whether he was throwing to the right guy or not, he, he hit what he was throwing at. So that's huge. You know, that's, that's the best starting point for a quarterback. Can you hit your target, right? And then, you know, for me, number two is decision-making abilities. Can you really make the good decisions within the system? But also, when things break down, do you make good decisions when you're under duress or something? You know, I always used to say, don't turn a bad play into a catastrophe, you know? And, and then the third thing is, can you handle the pressure of the job? So, you know, he certainly is a very accurate passer. Obviously, he has proven that he knows what he's doing to win the job. Now he's got to handle the pressure of it. And, you know, for me, the biggest thing is focus on your job. You know, don't focus on... I hope I do good tonight, you know, focus on what do I do on this play, that play, and try to get yourself thinking about those things, thinking about the things that your coach has tested you on. You know, that's the best shot. But obviously, it's not a preseason game. It's not a warm-up game. It's it's number six or whatever they are in the nation. And, uh, you know, the Gators are already on, on the, uh, you know, kind of in the top ten and Miami's trying to get into that uh, top 10 type thing. So it's a huge game for Jaron, but it's a huge game for Manny, you know, as a first-year head coach. And just for Miami in general, it's a, it's a big ball game. And the other thing, too, is it's the only game in town. I mean, it's, it's you know, week zero, they call it. And uh, everybody starts playing next week. So everybody in the world who loves college football is about to watch this game, and it's going to be fun. Mark, I want to ask you just a little follow-up to that. Were you surprised when they had this uh, this quarterback battle, one, two, and three? And I know, Martell, you had nothing to do with. But were you surprised he beat out Nikosi Perry a little bit or not? I think Nikosi and, and Jaron both have the skill set to – compete well and, and and win in the ACC. I don't think there's any doubt about it. I don't know, like you say, much about Tate. But uh, so if they'd have said Kosey, I wouldn't have been surprised. If they said Jaron, I certainly was not surprised. I know, uh, I, I think this, I think when he put his name, when I'm talking about Jaron, when he put his name in the portal, the transfer portal, and then, you know, kind of had a change of heart. And, you know, we had him talk to the team about it. And he, he just he just said, man, you know, I, I thought I was going to go. And he goes, but I haven't been the best I could be. And I'm going to prove to you that I could be the man. And I want to be with a part of this team. I want to be, you know, I love you guys. I love this team. I mean, I love the U, and uh, I think that was the beginning of him to really turn the corner on the maturity level that it takes to be the guy, and because uh, he had he had the skill set for sure. Yeah, well, it's an interesting story there, Mark. All right, so a lot of the talk, obviously, about Jaron and about his first start, like you said, national TV against the Gators. What about the other side of the ball, Felipe Franks? Uh, kind of yeah. a kind of a vet, I guess you could say, compared to to Jaron. But uh, he's right. he, last year he had a pretty good season, jumped out of it a little bit. What do you think about Felipe in this game? Well, he's a talented guy, and obviously, just think of how Jaron will be a year from now uh, in his his maturity and his ability to know what's going on within the system. So playing uh, an entire season and having the success that they had i mean they're they're on the they're on the rise and part of the reason they're on the rise is because of felipe so uh he's a talented guy no doubt he, he runs mullen's system well he's got the skill set that he wants that coach wants for it and uh you know we'll, we'll see now no matter who you are as a quarterback whether you're a veteran or not if, when you play a defense like miami it's going to challenge you 
So, you know, it's not going to be a walk in the park for, you know, the Gators in general and for Felipe as a quarterback. Mark, you worried about the offensive line for the Miami Hurricanes at all, especially redshirt freshmen and true freshmen <laughs> at tackles? You know what? Yeah. I think they're talented. I know they're talented. See what happens. I mean, they're going to win some battles. They're going to lose some battles. But I think Coach Enos is going to have a good plan, and he's going to know, you know, what he's got, and he's going to do what it takes, you know, to get the ball to the skill guys. I mean, that's that's a big key to the game too. I think Miami skill players are underestimated around the from around the country. I, I think there's a lot of talent there. That you know, the tight ends. I mean, you know, Brevin and and Will, and you got you know Jeff Thomas, and you got. You know, the new kid coming in, K.J. Osborne, I hear, is doing great. And, and then D.J. Dallas and Cam. I mean, you you got some players uh, that can really do it. So it's going to be interesting to see what happens. Mark, were you surprised when all three of the linebackers, all the seniors, or now now seniors, all came back and are going to play this year? Yeah, I was pleasantly surprised. I, I wasn't like – it was It was not a shock. I mean, let's face it, they had a chance to be all draft eligible and might have felt like they had a good enough resume to do it, but – I feel like that was one of the key things for Manny as the new head coach for those guys to stay. You know, what a great vote of confidence by the leadership of the team. I mean, that's huge for a first-time head coach. And it's a little bit different for Manny in the fact that you know, he's been on that – he's been a hurricane for the last three years. So it's not like he's coming in brand new and trying to convince guys that he could do it. These guys already know he can do it. And the fact that they stayed was a, was a big sign for Manny. Mark, uh, we, we got to let you run, but we just want to check one more time. You getting the itch of coach yet, or are you still good? You still good with this TV <laughs> stuff? <laughs> I, I really believe this is a change of career right now, but never say never, right? Mark, thank you Mark, for your time you, as buddy. always. Take care. Nobody does it better in the morning than Joe Rose, Zach Krantz, Hollywood, and Biff. You can listen to them from 6 to 10, Monday through Friday, right here on 560 The Joe. Up next, ooh, this is what we call an awesome tease. Dan Lebetard talking penis pills. The best of The Joe Show. Welcome back to The Best of The Joe Show. I'm Dan Day. Go ahead and give us a follow on Twitter at 560WQAM and at Dan Day Radio. Very interesting stuff on my Twitter. Very day spash. Speaking of day spash, Dan Lebetard talking penis pills. Also, the Miami Dolphins and Jay Z, then more penis pills. Would you ever buy penis pills at the gas station? Whose balls are juiced? What a great controversy in Major League Baseball. Jeff Passan is very good at his job. He does. He knows what's interesting, and he goes very well from <laughs> funny uh, to serious to informed, and he sent out a tweet yesterday that the use of gas station sexual enhancement pills in baseball is so prevalent that Major League Baseball sent out a memo warning players that their use could lead to positive PED tests, as at least two players have claimed this year, sources tell ESPN. Whose balls are juiced? And it legitimately got me to wondering, there's just certain things I won't buy in a gas station. Sushi's one of them. Of course. Like, yeah. and, and this is one of them. I'm not going to buy this in a gas station. <laughs> and I guess it only has to be for emergency situations. Are there not enough CVSs all over the country popping up because of our need for pharmaceuticals that you can't get this at a place a little cleaner than a gas station? Phrasing, Dan. This seems to me 
that, you know, it's like late night, you're going home, you need something, and the only things that are open are a gas station, okay. and they're the only places that supply you with what you need. I understand that baseball players are tired from sitting out there for four hours not watching a baseball hit at them, and they need some sexual help. I just didn't have them getting it at the gas station. If I had told you before Jeff Passan reported this story, if I had said to you, do you think that baseball's got a problem, a memo-worthy problem, because so many players are using penis pills from the gas station? Do you guys, would all of you guys said, yes, I believe that? Yes, of course, Dan. That's, if I, if I, let's say I did it another way. Let's say I came on yesterday and there was no reporting on this subject. And I simply told you guys. Careful with the phrasing, Dan. Listen, I know that players use a bunch of penis pills from gas stations. Wouldn't you have all said to me? Wouldn't you have all said to me, what are you talking about? How do you know that? What does that mean? That's ridiculous. I don't think so. I, I, It's perfectly believable. I mean, there are plenty of things that you could purchase at a gas station. I mean, they have, have many useful things. I mean, seriously, I, no one else is selling hot dogs late night. Who's selling hot dogs? Gas station. I probably would have gone CVS first, but gas station wouldn't have been yeah. too low yeah. on that list. Yeah, they have their little pharmacies at the gas station, especially those nice gas wait, stations, wait, you know? Uh, hold on. Maybe I'm biased, okay? Maybe I've got a problem here. Uh, Billy, and you can help me with this. You can? Because, yes, I'll tell you why. <laughs> I probably should tell you why. <laughs> Please do. Yes. Um, because I imagine a specific certain kind of Miami gas station when I imagine this. One of those gas stations where uh, it doesn't it doesn't smell quite right. And also there might be an animal sacrifice for religious reasons somewhere in one of the corners. I'm imagining the gas stations that sell you arroz con pollo because those are the best gas stations. <laughs> have you seen the gas stations that have cafecito windows now? Because those exist, too. You can get anything at a gas station. You really can. Gas stations really are the new Walmart. I mean, but smaller scale. There's a gas station by my house that has a Subway and Baskin Robbins. Wow. How about that? Yeah. Uh, put it on the poll. Are gas stations the new Walmart? And also put it on the poll. Uh, give me something else to put with sushi. Something that you're less likely to want at your gas station than sushi. <laughs> you guys have anything? I don't think so. <laughs> you made it really hard to beat. Yeah. I don't think there's anything I wouldn't buy at a gas station. Crazy. Right. Pickled eggs. I've seen those at gas what? stations. Really? Yeah, and hot sausages in the <laughs> and pickled pig's feet is also in a gas yeah. station. All right, put that on the poll, Gamble. What are you less likely to eat at the gas station? Sushi or pickled pig feet? My favorite thing at a gas station is those little taquitos that are rolling on the little yeah. spinner. Oh, they've great. been there for like oh, two straight days, know. but they taste two days. Dude, they've the been there for two been months. There, the longer they've been there, the better. They get the little crunch to exactly, it. Exactly. Yeah. Crunch they on cook the longer. Yeah. Oh, so good. Yeah. Look crispy. Yeah. Put that on the poll as well, Guillermo. Uh, the taquito that's been spinning for many months. <laughs> on the grill at the gas station, does it get better with time? Have you guys ever run into this moral dilemma that I've had? I guess not moral dilemma, more of like a medical dilemma. So, like, I'll walk into a racetrack, right, and I'll see a sign that says, any size drink, 99 oh, cents. And I know that I don't need a 128-ounce soda, <laughs> but it's only 99 cents. Could I handle, like, a 36-ounce drink? Yes. But if I could get 128 ounces for the same price as 36, why am I not going to do that? Right, exactly. And how much of that do you end up throwing out? Oh, no, I'm not. I, Dan, you, I don't waste my Coke, if you know me. No. Phrasing? Phrasing. Yeah. So, All right. So I'm the only one alarmed by this Jeff Passon story. Have you guys ever tried any of these gas station pills? Because I've always been curious. 
I mean, you see something like called big rhino horn, uh, and it's like yeah. just one red pill. And I want to know if it if it works. Like, there's rising phoenix. You know what though? Billy is so right about that. I don't know if it works either, but I'll buy it if it's named Big Rhino Horn. Like that is a well, you buy it at a gas station. <laughs> that is a great name. Yeah. I don't know if it would offset my distaste for the gas station. But <laughs> if you told me what, if we had a marketing meeting, hey, what do you guys want to name this penis pill? A Big Rhino Horn would be, yeah. it would be very high on my list. Yeah. So I'm looking at it right now. It's a premium three thousand Rhino Big Horn, wow. and it says it's an all natural formula. There you go. I feel like all the name needs is Big Rhino. I don't need the horn in there. Right. <laughs> the horn is redundant. It's a bit wordy. <laughs> um, can we get some of the names of these products? Because I... Uh... There's a Rhino 17 5000 Plus. Oh, wow. <laughs> plus. Wow. <laughs> wow. Plus. I wasn't going to buy until you put the like, 5000 eh, but 5000 Plus. Yeah. Now and, we're in the game. And they're all one count. It's it's all just an individual pill. That's all you need. It has to be, yeah. You don't want to take two 5,000 pluses. <laughs> Look out, you get all North America pregnant. <laughs> I mean, is the rhino the only animal that is uh, that is associated with uh, fertility and uh, and what you know? I don't know if uh, aphrodisiac is the right word to associate with that, but I feel like rhino. Rhinoceros horn. Uh, uh, is that even real? I thought that was something Rhinos that... have horns, yeah. Thank well, you. I don't know they if it's do. a part of... That would make it part of the all-natural formula. Mm-hmm. But that seems like not... Don't Google don't sex animals. animals. Oh, do not do that. Don't do that, Chris. <laughs> yep. Already made Sandals. the mistake. Yep. This can't have the ingredient of rhino anywhere in it or rhino horn, can it? I think that feels uh, wrong to me. The, I, the, the idea... Of Jose Altuve walking into a gas station and get, saying, give me your best rhino fragments. I got something hot coming in later this evening. There's no rhinos in there, Dan. There's also no rainbows and lucky charms. <laughs> or luck, I suppose. Or charm. <laughs> or charm while we're at it. The Dolphins started practice yesterday with seven or eight straight Jay-Z songs chosen by the coach, depending on who's reporting, you believe. And we didn't understand what it meant. And after 24 hours and reporters descending on the Dolphin locker room, I still don't know what it meant. And Kenny Stills, though, has retorted by, at his locker, playing loudly Nas, who famously feuded with Jay-Z. But I still don't know what that means. Seems like good problem solving, though. <laughs> the, the Dolphins have 99 problems and receiver is one. This is such a bad team thing to do, right? Like, good teams never do stuff like this. Like, what team wins a championship that has the coach and the player just playing music at each other to fight? <laughs> but is that and what the owner? But is fighting. that is that what they're doing? Are they playing music at each other to fight? Yeah. Yes. That's what yes. They're, doing. they're not 100%. speaking to each other. They're yeah. just playing music at each other loudly. <laughs> the question is, what song can we play at practice that will really bring everyone together? Oh, a song that is just a uniting song. I'm thinking of like Kumbaya. No, we are the world. Yes. Oh, we, we are, are the, the world. world. Yes. Why can't we be friends? Yes. Oh my God. The dolphin should re-record We Are the World. <laughs> Good idea. What but what is Kenny Stills trying to say here? Um and and what was Brian Flores trying to say? Again, we have these two guys beefing. They're using hip hop to beef. And I we think. We we think I'm You don't think that they're just joshing you guys? I I, I think that 
this is just, you know, a rib on everybody reading into it. I mean, yesterday, Dan was like, what do these lyrics mean? Why would he pick that song? Because that's a dope song. Do you not get the show, Mike? Like, do you think that me being befuddled by this no, isn't exactly no. what I'm going for? No, I'm familiar with our show's tropes. How dare you explain it? I mean, I mean but I, I just think that they're What does fun. it mean for two days isn't funny? You don't think they're just, they're just ribbing all of us? Like LeBron-level trolling? Yeah. Oh did, oh, did he do Taco Tuesday again? I've been out of the loop. Did he do it again? I don't know. I didn't see what it. musician do you think Belichick would use to start a fight with someone? Because wow. mm. I don't think it would be Jay-Z. Just going out on a limb with that one. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, probably Bon Jovi, his good friend John Bon Jovi. Except he'd have him actually at practice, like playing music right in the person's ear, whoever he's mad at. I'd rather be confused. I'm upset. <laughs> well, Dominic Foxworth, who came on and explained it to me yesterday as I was troping, uh, he is going to explain it to uh, us today. Why is Kenny Stills? Um, why is Kenny Stills using Nas to counter Jay-Z? His theory yesterday wasn't terrible. It's as good as I've, as I've heard of just, it could have just been iPod shuffle mode and just happened to land on Jay-Z songs. Uh, no, no, that's, no, that's not how that works. <laughs> and Stills happened to land Chris, on Nas. <laughs> Chris, that's it. You like that? I mean, that, I, he, I'm pretty sure he was going for funny there. I don't think he was even serious. It's as good as, as I've heard. Can't dismiss it out of hand. Uh, some of you dismissed me out of hand because while we were talking to Dominique yesterday, uh, and I don't even remember the exact context, and I probably should, given where I'm headed conversationally, but I said that among all of the things that he is within the context of the conversation we were having, he is a black man first, and a lot of people came after me with the idea of, see, Lebitard, that's who you are. You always see race first. That's how you see the world, but just so that you understand, the black experience in this country is so much different than the white experience in this country that black people can't go much of anywhere without being reminded in some way that they're black. And so you're a black man first when discussing some of this stuff that we're talking about with Jay-Z and Brian Flores, the coach of the Dolphins. He's the coach of the Dolphins second. You're imprinting from America as a black person. Your experiences are such that you're perpetually reminded that you're black even when you forget that you're black. He's a black Hispanic, too. And so he's in the uncomfortable spot, stuck between his owner and his wide receiver. And the wide receiver's out here saying to you, like, I met with the owner, Stephen Ross, and we agreed to disagree. The owner is pulling out, not of his fundraiser with Trump, the owner is pulling out of his role on the Social Justice Committee because now there's an element of distrust with him being on that committee. Has that guy had a sports committee that's worked? Because I'm still waiting for the renderings of that task force on the Richie Incognito <laughs> bullying scandal where Don Shula, Jason Taylor, Curtis Martin, Tony Dungy, and a couple of uh, saints, actual, not New Orleans saints, actual religious saints were summoned to clean up the Bounty Gate scandal. It seems like he's 0 for 2 on committees. The Bullygate scandal, excuse me. Well, I thought Rise was going well. Uh, yeah, but Kenny Stills kind of nuked it. Bit, and a, bit I of w- a bump in the road. I would have loved, man, to hear the conversations, to know the way that corporations work. Rise would be a good name for a gas station, Phil. Well, somebody somebody wrote in that um, Stiffy and a Jiffy is the name, the real name of uh, of the gas station pill near his house. There's a, I was just being told about Goldrella. It's like a gold gorilla. Ooh. Oh, wow. Yeah. I'll be on that. Yep, I'd Goldrilla. buy that. Goldrilla? Even at a gas station.
Uh, Guillermo, put it on the poll, please, at Levitard Show. Which would you be more likely to buy at the gas station? Rhino 5,000 plus whatever uh, or or Jiffy, uh, Stiffy in a Jiffy? Male alligators live their entire life direct. <laughs> Is that the name of a pill? It's a long name. Just a, just a fact. Is that a fact? Male alligators live their entire lives erect? You didn't sound stiff there at all. There's a second gold rella. Gold rella triple X. Oh, triple X. Oh, oh ca- boy. The catchphrase, don't monkey around. <laughs> uh, find me as many of those as you can, please. Can never get enough of penis pills at gas stations. And you can never get enough of the Dan Lebitard Show weekdays from 10 to 1 right here on 560 The Joe. Up next, Stephen A. Smith gets mellow on the best of the Joe show. Back with the best of the Joe show, running you back some of the best audio that you've heard on this here radio station over the past 24 hours. We already did some Joe Rose with Mark Richt, some Dan Lebitard, penis pills, I can't say that enough, plus some Dolphins Jay-Z action. And now Stephen A. Smith, never mellow, especially when it comes to mellow being blackballed. You may not have ever heard about this next gentleman I'm about to discuss. After all, he played at Iowa State, if I remember correctly. He was drafted in the first round many years ago. Um, I think it's like 2013, 2014, if I remember correctly. His name is Royce White. Uh, he's only played three games in the NBA, but apparently he's still trying to ball, and he knows a lot of basketball players. And he was caught on camera for some reason. Somebody, so for some reason, somebody put a camera in front of his face. And he had some things to say to the defense of a Carmelo Anthony who has not been in this league since being let go by the Houston Rockets just 10 games into the 2018-2019 season. So Carmelo Anthony was let go. He hasn't been picked up by a team since. He's been working out, working hard. Apparently he has a strong, strong, strong desire. I'm not apparently, literally. I interviewed the man. He has a strong desire to end up back in the NBA. He's looking for his chance to go out the way that he wants to go out. He's willing to come off the bench, willing to play 15, 20 minutes a game. All of these things are true, um, but nobody seems to have picked him up. Apparently, the folks out there are chirping. We don't know who it is, but we know that you got folks hesitant to take on Carmelo Anthony. I think Portland could use him. I think Philly could use him. I definitely think the L.A. Lakers could use him. But so far, there have been no takers. And as a result, it's raked a few people's nerves. Damian Lillard, months ago, spoke out on Melo's behalf, along with a plethora of other folks, including friends like LeBron James, D-Wade, Chris Paul, and others. So you got that going on. And now you got this guy, Royce White, saying it. Although I will acknowledge, I don't think anybody has spoken on behalf of Melo Quite like this man just did. Listen to what Royce White had to say on behalf of Carmelo Anthony. Melo's absolutely being blackballed. He's one of the realest in it. He's one of those dudes that, you know, he ain't like me. He don't talk like brash and and straightforward like that. But he has those morals and principles, you know. Um, And he's given too much to the game for them not to allow him to play or for them to, you know, kind of culturally just make a – make a decision or an agreement that he's not good enough anymore. All of us here that play the, bat, play the game at the highest level know how good Melo is, and, and we know that there's no way that the Lakers would go out and sign Jared Dudley and not sign Carmelo Anthony. And another question is, 
while a guy like LeBron is walking around here like he's the face and voice of the players, how is he letting his banana boat brother hang out there in the wings and they go sign Jared Dudley and not Carmelo? If anybody watching this thinks that Jared Dudley can hold Carmelo's jock strap, I'll slap him. Damn. Talk about putting it where the goats can get it. As my man, the great one, the Black Eagle, Joe Madison, the Hall of Fame radio host, Joe Madison, said it. Putting it where the goats can get it. That's what you're doing. By the way, Joe Madison, listen to him every weekday morning, 6 a.m. to 10 a.m. on Urban View Radio, Sirius XM. I believe that's channel 126. Karen Hunter's on in the afternoon from 3 to 6, by the way. That's my sister right there. But that's neither here nor there. Here's the deal. Blackballed Royce. Damn, I love what he had to say. Damn, I appreciate his candor. Makes valid points. I'm not going to go with the word blackballed, though. I'm not going to go that far. Because it's not like he's considered a pariah by NBA teams. I know plenty of executives who speak very, very fondly of Carmelo Anthony as a person. They genuinely like him. Um, He's trustworthy. He's somebody that uh, keeps locker room stuff inside the locker room. Um, He doesn't talk bad or down to or about anybody. Um, He does work hard. He shows up at practice. Uh, He does what he's supposed to do. He tries to be a professional. All of these things are true. Here's what I'm going to tell you is what I personally believe. And I hope Royce White is listening somewhere. This is what I personally believe about Carmelo Anthony. Yes, he holds the ball. Yes, it's not an ISO game the way that it used to be, unless you're playing for Houston and James Harden, because he's the one that has that green light. You've got these analytics dudes looking at numbers and paying attention to some very, very relevant stats and some not so very relevant stats as well. They look at Melo, the absence of movement of the basketball, et cetera, and they say he's outdated. His time is up. It's time to move in a different direction. And they build and structure teams a little bit differently. If you're Sam Presti, I have no doubt that you're not insulting or excoriating Carmelo Anthony in any way. But if you're talking about building a basketball team, I don't think he has a glowing report of Melo because if that's the case, one could argue Melo would have remained in Oklahoma City. Don't tell me Mike D'Antoni has glowing reviews to extend in the direction of Carmelo Anthony because we know better than that. So when you look at it from that perspective with all of that going on, you got to ask yourself what the hell's going on. Here's what I believe. I believe there are plenty of people who do not want Melo in their top nine man rotation. They look at his suspect defense, his proclivity towards playing ISO ball as opposed to moving and distributing the basketball. And they say, you know what? He doesn't work for us in a nine-man rotation. Royce White is absolutely right. You can't find 450 players better than Carmelo Anthony on this planet. You can't find 450 players that deserve to be on an NBA roster ahead of Carmelo Anthony. We all know that. We all get that. But here's where it gets tricky because you're – a a, a 10-time All-Star, a six-time All-NBA player, a career 24-point-per-game scorer, somebody who's destined to go to the Hall of Fame someday because of your, your exploits collegiately as well as in Olympic competition 
although you've never been to an NBA Finals and you've only been to one conference Finals when you were in Denver and Chauncey Billups were your point guard and you were playing for the Nuggets, the reality of the situation is that when you look at Carmelo Anthony, okay, the 24-point-per-game score, one of the most prolific offensive players we have ever seen, you got executives that are going to look at him and say, you didn't win with him. And, oh, by the way, we got this nine-man rotation. We don't believe he longs, He belongs in. He clearly belongs in roster spots 9 through 15 or 10 through 15. But here's the problem. Do we really, really think Carmelo Anthony is going to accept that? Do you really, really believe that Carmelo Anthony is going to accept playing that relegated role coming off the bench Restricted to about 15 minutes a game, 20 max. Could he take that? That's what they're going to question. And I had one executive say to me, Stephen A., it's pretty hard for an executive to justify putting your head coach in a position where he has to look down at the bench and you got Carmelo Anthony sitting there and you continue to bypass one person after another I'm sorry, you continue to bypass him one person after another after another. It's pretty hard to do that, Stephen A. How are we going to pull that off, Stephen A.? That's what they're going to say. So it's not a matter of whether or not he's one of the top 450 players in the world. We know better than that. We know that he is. But the role that we would want him to play may not be in the nine-man rotation. So he'd be coming off the bench and playing on roster spots 10 through 15. And if he were to do that, could he accept that, Stephen A.? We don't think he can. And on top of it all, it puts that coach in a very precarious spot because a potential future Hall of Famer is sitting on the bench and may not be able to handle that, and that puts the coach in a very, very difficult situation. That's their belief. Here's mine. Carmelo Anthony specifically said, no one's asked me to come off the bench. I'm willing to come off the bench. That's what Carmelo Anthony said. I am willing to come off the bench. So if he's willing to come off the bench, why not give him a shot? New York Knicks. Why not give him a shot? Brooklyn Nets. To a lesser degree, Brooklyn. Why not give him a shot? LeBron. Los Angeles Lakers. And by the way, Royce White, you saw how he wasn't hesitant to call out LeBron. His banana bowl buddy. Look, I'm not going to say, let me be very clear about what I'm saying. LeBron James don't owe Carmelo this. He doesn't owe Carmelo fighting for Carmelo to be a Laker. But it would be nice if he did. He did open his mouth and speak on behalf of Melo because he felt Melo was being given a bad rap and completely disrespected. He knew how Melo left, departed from Houston, how Daryl Morey walked into a hotel room in San Antonio while Mello was preparing to play basketball that night and told him your services are no longer needed. This is what Mello came on first take and said. And Nuno, for my audience, if you could find that sound with Mello on first take with me a few weeks back, one-on-one with yours truly, please find that sound for me. I mean, that's the reality of the situation. That's what Daryl Morey, according to Mello, said to Mello. And so if that's the backdrop, if that's the reality, if that's what we're dealing with here, well, then that should resonate with us all. It really, really should. Because if LeBron spoke up then, 
What's wrong with speaking up now? Clearly, the Los Angeles Lakers priority is and should be a big man. With DeMarcus Cousins going down, a Kenneth Fareed, a Dwight Howard certainly works. I think Dwight Howard because he's bigger, even though I like Kenneth Fareed better. The bottom line is, is that you're the Lakers. You need a big. Outside of needing that big, you're trying to tell me the Lakers can't use additional perimeter shooting? And I'm not saying Melo's been the greatest shooter in the world because we know that he hasn't been. But we also know he can find that stroke again. In two of the last couple of four or five games or so, he dropped 22 and 28 points in Houston before they let him go. He could do some things offensively. You're the Philadelphia 76ers. How thin your bench is. You don't need Melo. You're the Portland Trailblazers, who, by the way, might consider him, although I'm hearing Terry Stotts is not that high on him. You're trying to tell me you can't consider Melo? All I'm saying is that when you consider what he's done with the league and for the league, he don't deserve an opportunity to depart from the game of basketball without being unceremoniously kicked out of the league 10 games in. And by the way, it's not an accident that it's 10 games in. For those of you that don't pay attention to analytics at all, let me explain something to you about the analytics boys. I'm told they analyze and compartmentalize games in 10-game increments. So 10 games in tells you a story. 20 games in tells you a story. 30 games, 40 games, 50 games in tells you a story. So it's not an accident that Carmelo Anthony was let go after 10 games as opposed to 8 or 13 or 14. That 10-game mark. Daryl Morey being an analytics dude, that's what they usually do. So if you're looking at it from that perspective, trying to tell me that Carmelo deserves to go out like that? And oh, by the way, as a last point, something very, very important to point out, because I think it's essential. Let's be mindful of something here. Very, very important. Okay? USA Basketball. Jerry Colangelo, who I revere, didn't want Carmelo on the team. Thought that if Carmelo Anthony knew, says it knew, I know what Carmelo Anthony's trying to do. Make a name for himself, blah, blah, blah. You know, recapture some of that glory. But he needs to do it through the NBA, not through USA Basketball. Kind of harsh, but but fair at the same time. Here's the problem. Carmelo Anthony religiously supported USA Basketball throughout his career. Religiously supported them. That's point number one. Point number two, you got an abundance of stars who don't even want to play. Got guys leaving at the last minute like it's going out of style. Number three, just turned down. Contributions ignored. One could make the argument that loyalty is short-lived in professional sports. It's a supply and demand business. We all know this. And those things are most prominent in this age of analytics. But that wasn't what they were saying to Melo when they needed him. These are all things to consider. All I'm saying is Carmelo Anthony, in my opinion, is better than 50% of the players in the league. Don't tell me that he can't make a contribution. Don't tell me that. Please don't tell me that. With all that being said, Count my vote for no on Mello playing for my two favorite teams, the Heat and the Pelicans. That'll about do it for the best of the Joe show. Remember, we got the rundown in the mornings. Joe Rose from 6 to 10, then Dan Lebetard from 10 to 1. Stephen A. Smith from 1 to 3. Hawk and Crowder from 3 to 6, then from 6 to 7. The show you're listening to right now, the best of the Joe show. Download the podcast or any of the podcasts from any of the shows on this radio station where you get your podcast for absolutely free. iTunes, Apple, or at our website, wqam.com. Speaking of the web, Give us a like on Twitter at 560thejoe and at Dan Day Radio tomorrow night, 6 o'clock. We'll be back with the best of the Joe Show, running back some of the best audio you've heard on this radio station over the past 24 hours. Till then, keep it real. This is the best of the Joe Show. Later, slug. 
T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary.